Hi, everyone. I'm Elizabeth Ann, and I am your pop culture prophet. Okay, everyone, we have a very exciting podcast today because not only are we talking with a super cool guy that I get to be friends with because I married his best friend, but we're also doing our very first phone call podcast. So everyone, um, today we are talking with Chris Heatherly. Hi, Chris. Hello. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you. Yes. So Chris is friends um, with my husband, Keaton, but he also dates my best friend, Victoria. So we are just all up in there, all mixed around, living our best lives. Yeah, one big family. Yes, it's great. (laughs) So um, today we're talking about Gollum from Lord of the Rings and Redemption. But before we get into that, um, Chris, why don't you share a little bit about yourself with our listeners? Yeah. So, uh, like she said, my name is Chris. Um, I'm originally from Alabama where I grew up with Elizabeth Ann's husband. And so that's how we met. And, uh, but now I live in Chicago, uh, where I work for a public accounting firm. Uh, and yeah, that's the short of it, I guess. That's awesome. And do you have any religious background you want to share? Uh, yeah. So I grew up, my mom is Catholic and my dad, Mm -hmm. uh, grew up Baptist. Um, so we sort of went to a Catholic church, you know, I got confirmed in the Catholic church, but we also, um, most of the rest of my family is Baptist. So we went all over the place. Sometimes we would go to Baptist church and then sometimes, you know, non-denominational, but yeah, so it's uh, a little varied, I guess. So it wasn't, my mom let us see a bunch of different, you know, viewpoints and things. So it was, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Did you like getting to like experience all those different things? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I never felt like I was stuck in one, uh, mindset, you know, and I, I think it made me realize that I saw Christianity as sort of a all encompassing thing rather than just, you know, one group over here and another group over here. So I think I like to say I'm a Catholic Christian <laughs> rather than just say I'm Catholic, Yeah. but, uh, to try and make a point that, you know, I'm a Christian and a lot of other people are Christian too. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's so great that you got to have so many different experiences too. So, um, I kind of asked you to be on the show as our Lord of the Rings expert. Um, you were not too confident in yourself as the expert, (laughs) but I think you are. Um, so this is the time when I ask you what qualifies you to be an expert. So besides the fact that I told you you were, um, why do you think you're a Lord of the Rings expert? Well, you know, I think it goes back to the beginning uh, because my mom was a huge nerd before nerds were cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, So she loved science fiction and fantasy and all that stuff. So naturally, whenever uh, my brother and I were being raised, uh, we were raised to love the same things. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of been a huge part of our lives from the beginning. So I've, of course, when the movies came out, I saw the movies and I uh, really love them. And then, uh, subsequently read the books, uh, mm-hmm. of Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. So, um, yeah, I'd say that maybe since the books are such a huge undertaking to read, cause they're, they're gi- gigantic. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll probably watch the movies more regularly now, but, uh, yeah, I think just being a nerd growing up it was <laughs> in me from the beginning. <laughs> and, um, 
you talked about it a little, but can you tell us your first experience of watching um, Lord of the Rings? Did you watch it first or read it first? Yeah, so I watched it first. I think I was nine or ten years old when the movie, the first movie, The Fellowship of the Ring, came mm-hmm. out. So, of course, me and my brother and my mom all wanted to go see it. And uh, it was just incredible. Uh, it was one of those things like the the world was so immersive and then mm-hmm. I was playing Lord of the Rings on the playground <laughs> after <laughs> after watching it. So, Who were you when you played on the playground? Uh, so me and my brother always wanted to be Legolas because he had a oh, bow and arrow. Yeah. Uh, but actually he, my brother was Legolas one time for, they had like a little dress up as a school per, as a book person or something mm-hmm. like that. And, oh, you had to dress up as a book character in school. And he was Legolas. He made a little bow and arrow and it was, it was pretty cool. Um, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think, um, that was my, really my first exposure to it and was just hooked from the beginning. Um, and then in high school or maybe it was in early college was when I actually buckled down and, and read the books. And, uh, it was probably wasn't until then that I started thinking about the story deeper and, and the characters and then, uh, realizing these sort of intentional, but implicit representations about Christianity. Um, and it was, uh, yeah, it was really cool. That was kind of how I got into it. Yeah, I love that. So my story isn't as <clears throat> meaningful. Um, I saw the first Hobbit movie <laughs> in theaters because I grew up in a small town and there's nothing to do except um, go to the movies in the summer. So all my friends like talked me into it. Um, I think maybe at this point, like I was already going to Belmont for religion. So they were like, yeah, you know, it's written by a Christian author and there's Christian themes and let's go see the Hobbit. And so I went and I was just very confused. (laughs) I didn't know why like trolls were singing the whole time and I couldn't find the Christian themes. I was like, are the trolls the disciples? What's happening? Um, so it took me a long time to like man up and watch the movies because I just didn't get it. Um, so Keaton and I just this year watched, um, maybe I guess it was like last year over Christmas, we watched all of Lord of the Rings. So we started there and then went back to watch, um, the Hobbit. And so obviously I like it a lot more now. Um, I do think I like the Lord of the Rings movies better though than the Hobbit series. Oh yeah. might get mad at me for saying that. I don't know. Are you allowed to say that? (laughs) I think so. Okay. Yeah. I, I like, I tend to like Lord of the Rings, the movies better. I think, uh, that's funny. I remember when you guys, uh, were watching it and Keaton was much less of a nerd before you guys started dating. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah I started this whole thing. <laughs> yeah. I remember, uh, one time he, I tell every time, uh, we get together with Keaton or Elizabeth Ann, I just tell embarrassing Keaton stories. It's my favorite. <laughs> And uh, I remember when shortly after y'all dated, Keaton texted me something about you being a Star Wars fan. And yeah. I was like, oh, okay, she's probably just a fan. And then he sent me a picture of y'all sitting on the couch. And it was Keaton normal with his arm around someone. I couldn't tell who, but she was wearing a Wookiee mask. <laughs> and it was you it was me and Keaton and we were sitting with my like four foot tall Chewbacca doll and I had a Star Wars shirt yeah so I don't have like the mask but I do have a four foot tall um maybe three foot tall Chewbacca that will growl and he likes to watch himself on the tv so we pull him out (laughs) 
when we're watching the movies. That's um, so great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, word to the wise, word to the listeners, you can influence your significant others and get them to watch um, your nerd movies that you like. All right. So we need to get going. Um, so we're talking specifically about Gollum today. Um, and the end of his life, sorry, spoiler, that comes um, at the, the end of the last movie, The Fellowship of the Ring. For those who, have, who may not have seen the movies um, that I just spoiled for them, or um, it may have been a while since they have seen it, can you just kind of briefly tell us about Gollum? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I guess I'll sort of start with, if you may remember, there's this uh, really powerful ring that's called the One Ring or um, <clears throat> just the ring in the mm-hmm. books. Um, <clears throat> and in the wrong hands, this would cause basically the destruction of Middle Earth, which is the sort of world that they live in. Um, and there's an evil leader out to try and get it. Well, uh, there's a hobbit named Frodo who's tasked with carrying the ring uh, to destroy it. And the only place that it can be destroyed, which is the fires of where it was forged, called Mount Doom. And it's already serious. <laughs> <laughs> so I wish I could see Chris's face. He's so excited <laughs> telling us like just the basics of this movie. Oh, yeah. Um, so there's a Frodo is carrying the ring. He's the ring bearer to destroy it. And uh, there's some other characters like an elf and a dwarf and some humans. And then his best friend, Sam tags along. Um, So eventually their fellowship gets uh, split up and Sam and Frodo take off on their own to try and continue the journey to destroy the ring. But a big problem is that they don't actually know how to get to Mount Doom. Um, and this is where uh, this foul human-like character named Smeagol, or as we're going to call him, Gollum, uh, comes in. They sort of, Gollum's kind of been chasing them, and they capture him, and he's been drawn to the ring. And uh, so Gollum agrees to take Frodo and Sam to Mount Doom because he knows the way. Uh, and his whole motive is to try and get the ring because many, many years ago, he used to have have possession of the ring, but not for re- for evil. But he just really lusted after it, and it had a, the ring has a very powerful influence that makes people around it want its power. So, um, kind of the reason that uh, Gollum slash Smeagol has two names is this split personality he has. So, uh, I think the movies show this perfectly uh, because whenever you see his demeanor as Smeagol he's got this kind of innocence in his eyes and um, he actually shows redemptive qualities at times and his voice is even higher pitched. But when he really succumbs to this evil voice in his head called Gollum, his voice gets really deep and he's sinister and he, he just plots evil ways that he can take back the ring that he calls his precious. Uh, So Gollum's motives all along were to steal back the ring before it could be destroyed. So that's the, uh, that's where we're up to this point. <laughs> yes, that was perfect. And so you kind of answered um, the next question I was going to ask, which is, when do you call him Smeagol and when do you call him Gollum? Yeah, exactly. So uh, <clears throat> you notice whenever he's helping Frodo and Sam in the movies, he's like uh, 
saying, oh, come on, hobbits, this way. Uh, that's whenever he's Smeagol. And he's kind of got this glint in his eyes, and you can tell he's sorry for what he's done. And then whenever he's talking about – he's, <laughs> I think they there's a part where he coughs, and he's, like, trying to cough something up, and that's where he ends up being Gollum. And he start, starts talking about how how cruel the hobbits are and how he just wants to take the ring from Frodo and, and leave them all behind. So – uh, that Yeah, that's the main part you can tell between each one. Yeah, okay. And so that really sets us up kind of um, for the end of the Lord of the Rings series and kind of what we're talking about today, which is um, the the final, the end of Gollum's life. And I feel really bad that like our whole podcast is based on how these movies end. So if you haven't seen it, please don't be mad at me. But um, pause it. Yeah. Pause it. Go watch it. Go take, you know, whatever, nine hours or however long it takes. Watch them all and then listen. Um, yeah. But so there is a moment in um, The Two Towers, which is the second movie. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Okay. Um, where Gollum and Smeagol are like going back and forth. Um, and Smeagol tells Gollum to go away. And they were like, he was like fighting within, within himself and he tells him to go away. And that part resonated with me so much because it reminded me of like all these times in my life where I've had to tell the negative voices to go away so I could really focus on the true and the um, real word and the voice like, of God. And so I guess because that resonated with me so much, I was hoping for like this big, magical, redemptive end um, to the movie with Gollum where he would like fully be restored to Smeagol. Um, And instead we get him like falling into the (laughs) volcano after the ring and he dies and that's how it ends. Um, But (laughs) you told me when we were talking about this initially um, that because Gollum was with the ring so long that you didn't think, I mean, you thought it like had completely taken, taken him over and there was really no way he could go back to Smeagol. So could you talk about that a little more? Yeah. And I think you pointed out perfectly. It's sort of this voice in his head that's, uh, it, it ends up controlling him and changes yeah. his whole character. And, uh, yeah, I tend to think that, um, Smeagol or, um, or Gollum let his lust for the ring totally consume him. Mm-hmm. I think he was just pretty much too far gone at that point because he, all throughout the movie, his and and the books, he would have these small moments of de- redemption as Smeagol, and he thought maybe he'll make it, and then he would totally destroy everything oh, I know. that he'd done positively <laughs> and gain trust as Gollum. And then I sort of related it to where I thought he made the ring his own personal god. So, um, like you said, like in the last one of the last scenes, whenever he's falling to his death, you see. Gollum hurtling through the air as he finally grabs hold of the ring. Nine hours, nine and a half hours, we watched him struggle. (laughs) And then (laughs) he grabs it and then he falls straight into the fires of the mountain. And kind of in that moment, you see his eyes are just fixated on the ring and he's in pure joy because he has it again, but he doesn't even realize he's dying. It's, it's almost as if he's, nothing else matters at that point. And I guess I'd try to ask if 
did Gollum ever want redemption? And I think that I believe that he let his infatuation of the ring just consume him until the very end. And he didn't even, I don't even think redemption crossed his mind at that point. He just had, had the ring and that was it. Oh, that's so interesting. So his only focus, I mean, you're right. His only focus was the ring for how many hundreds of years? Yeah, I think he was something like, like 500 years yeah, old or okay, something like that. Like he was really, so yeah. yeah. So, I mean, this was his whole life. And so even if redemption was possible, you don't think he would have taken it? He would have tried to go for the ring? Um, Can you I even ask so, that yeah. question? Yeah, I don't know. That's a, that's a really tough one. Um, yeah, I think maybe as long as the ring was around, he mm-hmm. was probably so obsessed with it but um maybe if the ring had been destroyed and he wasn't there he would have just lived in a world without it and he would have been happy but yeah I think as long as because it was up to the point at the end where he saw the ring going into the fire so you know that was all that mattered but it drove him crazy the whole thing yeah Yeah. and the ring kind of like you said was his only source of happiness yeah yeah Yeah, that's a tough question. (laughs) Well, here's the tougher question and the big question of the day. Um, As it relates to Christianity, um, we come to the question of, are some people too far gone to be redeemed? Um, In Middle Earth, we kind of see that the answer is yes, but that's also a completely different world. Um, They live a lot longer. There's trolls and elves and all, you know, trees that walk around. So it's obviously not our world. Yeah. But I think in our world, the Bible is full of examples um, of people who were not the best. Um, They didn't live the most perfect lives, um, but they were still loved by God and God still used them for really unique ways. They had a lot of purpose. Um, And so, you know, there's this whole list of people. Moses was a murderer. David was an adulterer. Rahab was a prostitute. Martha was too busy cooking and taking care of her household to listen to Jesus. Peter doubted Jesus. Um, Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, persecuted Christians before he became one. Um, the Bible, almost every character has some, something that we would not consider good, um, but God used them for different and more meaningful ways. And there's also so many verses about Jesus that teach us that if we are Christians and we accept Jesus as our Savior, that we are redeemed. Um, that's kind of the whole message of the New Testament. And so I'm going to reference Colossians 1, 21 through 22. Um, But I mean, the Bible is full of verses. Um, Listeners, if you want more, I can give them to you, but I'm not going to spend like three hours reading the whole New Testament to you. Um, But in Colossians, it says, once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has redeemed you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. So maybe in Middle Earth, you can't be redeemed. But I think in real Earth, um, no matter how far gone you are, um, there's always a chance for redemption. And so, Chris, I want to know what your thoughts are on this, um, both in Christianity and your own faith um, and in Lord of the Rings world. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think that's a really, like, those examples are really good to hear and i'm actually reminded of this time that um i remember hearing a priest talk about forgiveness and redemption 
And uh, he said, well, the question was sort of posed, can we ever be forgiven for our worst transgressions or something like that? And he said, of course we can be forgiven. Um, but the problem is people have a hard time forgiving themselves. Mm-hmm. And which kind of seems similar to, you know, the Gollum thing where he was, I don't think he ever crossed his mind that that, that was an option. But um, I guess with the fortunate part, I think about Lord of the Rings is there's, it's so expansive and there's so many characters and examples that um, I look at, for example, um, if you remember at the end of Fellowship of the Ring, mm-hmm. there was a character, his name, he was a human named Baromir. And he tried to take the ring from Frodo. And then uh, he realized, oh, what awful thing he had done to his friend. And then he ended up saving uh, Mary and Pippin's lives after they got attacked and whatever. So uh, for him, there was, uh, I guess, a bit of redemption in that he wanted to be better. But um, yeah, I think we just have to find the people, I guess, in middle earth, not everyone wants to be redemptive. Certainly not Gollum. (laughs) Right. Right. And there are themes of redemption throughout the whole movie with other characters as well. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, that is pretty much all we were going to talk about. We got into a whole lot and um, thank you so much for this super fun conversation and for being on the podcast, for talking about Lord of the Rings. Um, Do you have any final words that you would like to share with our listeners? No, I think if you haven't checked out Lord of the Rings, uh, most definitely give it a try. I think a lot of people have seen um, Game of Thrones as well. And yes. if you, and which you talked about very early on. Oh, yes. Thank um, you for that plug. Yes. Episode two. Yeah. You, yeah. Which I, <laughs> I remember when I heard it, I was like, man, this is so fun. Y'all are just kind of like cutting up and having a good time. But anyway. And uh, here you are. Yes. Yeah, and here I am. Long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, uh, if you haven't checked out Lord of the Rings, give it a shot. You know, um, I got my girlfriend uh, to listen to or to watch them. And I think after the first movie, it was till the very end, she, she said, oh, so long, but it was good. Let's watch the next one. So, you know, you make it through and then you'll really be hooked. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, even with Lord of the Rings, you can find references to your faith and references to, um, what might help you out along the way or, or life lessons even. (laughs) Yes. I love it. That is so great. Yes. You can watch Lord of the Rings. You can do like I did. You can watch it in like, watch a movie in two or three days. Um, (laughs) I fell asleep in the middle of like every single one. Um, not because they were boring, but because we were watching them late at night and I have a very strict bedtime. Um, but <laughs> yes, I agree. Definitely watch Lord of the Rings. Um, I think that there are so many great themes, whatever your faith or lack thereof is, um, you can always find something that kind of relates to your life. And so Chris, thank you so much for, um, being on the podcast and for being my first caller. I hope all this worked. I guess yeah. we'll find out. I hope I don't have to call you back and redo it. It's <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you for having me. This is really fun. Awesome. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pop Culture Profit. 
To stay up to date on the latest episodes, make sure you subscribe at Apple Podcasts or on SoundCloud. There, you can rate and review the podcast, which always has the potential to get you a shout out on an episode. You can also find me on Facebook and Instagram, both at Pop Culture Profit. And you can also email me at contact at popcultureprofit.com. I really love hearing from y'all, so let me know what you like, what you don't like, and what you may want to hear a podcast about. You can email me, message me on Facebook or Instagram, or you can just leave a review and tell me what you think. I'm always happy to hear your feedback and talk with you. Thanks for listening. Bye!